You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will know also my Father. From now on, you do not know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long a time, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else, believe because of the works themselves. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and will do greater ones than these, because I am going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything of me in my name, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. If you were to write down a list of the sufferings of humanity, where would you start? And where would you finish? What would rank on your list the top major sufferings of humanity? Maybe you would put in health. Maybe you would put in death, bereavement, grief. I'm not sure what else you put on the list. So you can start thinking and making your list. Down the top 10 or the top four, the top five, the top seven, you can choose the number. But one of them surely will be, when you finish your list, disunity. Disunity. And God comes to help us, and he brings us salvation, the gift of salvation. And if we look from the very beginning back in Genesis, what do we find? We find immediately when a question of responsibility is asked of Adam, he immediately points the finger to Eve. And this pattern lasts to this very day. We continue to defend ourselves by blaming others. And as the issues become more grievous, the more passionately we blame the others. And then it doesn't stop with emotional and mental accusations. It can turn physical very quickly and it can turn to hatred and alienation. 
within families, within marriages, in neighborhoods, between peoples. And one of God's big projects, or one aspect of God's big project of salvation is to make us one family again. And he decided to start off with a new family. We could do the middle one between Adam and Eve and Abraham and Sarah with Noah after the flood. But Abraham and Sarah is more concretely in our, our thoughts, in a direct connection, and we believe, we want to believe, we want to grow in faith like Abraham and Sarah believed. They also had their challenges to their faith, it wasn't easy. And it wasn't faith just that God exists, but faith that God is act acting in our lives. That God is accomplishing his plans in our lives. Abraham died and the only piece of real estate that he had to his name was not the land between the, the sea and the Euphrates, it was just a cave in Hebron. And actually its only purpose was for the burial of his wife. So he had to still believe and he believed. And he's our father in the faith. And when we look at the state of division, which is addressed in the letter to the Ephesians, which is chosen for the festivity of Philip, we hear this very strong exhortation from Paul to the Ephesians. I urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received bearing with one another. And before that, there was humility, gentleness, and patience. Well, if you're bearing with one another, you have humility, and you're patient, and you're gentle. Otherwise, we're verbally violent, at least if we're not violent in other ways, we're expressing great impatience, and we're not really growing in humility toward each other. Bearing with one another through love striving to preserve the unity of the Spirit. And Paul isn't the one to invent this. This happened already with Jesus at the Last Supper. His ultimate wish and prayer, you know, when people are dying, they say the most important things. They emphasize the most important things. It wasn't the first time Jesus would have said it, but it was a very big burning wish. Father, may they be one so that the world may believe. But then we could say, why did he have 12 apostles? And they were very motley bunches, is often said, but they're directly a continuity in the messianic expectation of the time of the Second Temple that the 12 tribes needed to be restored. And there's some very strong statements in the New Testament about the identity of the 12 apostles. It was not so much 12 individuals. It was the 12, the college of the apostles, the collective of the apostles as a unit. Because the 12 tribes also, even as tribes, were meant to be parts of a whole body. And that thought of the whole body, the spouse of Christ, the church, is very strong in the New Testament. And we see the new heavenly Jerusalem coming down from heaven on the 12 foundation stones with the names of the 12 apostles on them. 
the connection between the whole mystery of revelation and us comes through that foundation. And so the unity is being rebuilt. It's one of the great fruits of redemption. That we receive the grace, because it's not our will, first of all, it's a grace victory in us to overcome our immediate instincts and drives of our ego. And we are received the strength and the humility, the grace, the gentleness, the love, the kindness to bear with one another and to grow with one another. You remember how the apostles were very angry with James and John for looking for the first places? And the tensions that would have existed between Matthew and Simon the Zealot, there are two opposite sides of the political spectrum, a Democrat and a Republican in present-day United States terminology, but you can apply that to anywhere. And so we have Jesus drive to reconstitute the whole people, but his heart is very open for the Syrophoenician woman and for the Roman centurion and for the Greeks that Philip brings to Jesus. And actually Philip asks Andrew, and both Philip and Andrew have Greek names. And so it's very interesting how also at the very beginning of the church, uh, the deacon Philip, who's a different Philip, goes and baptizes the Ethiopian. And Peter goes to Caesarea and baptizes the Roman centurion there. And so and all his household. So we have this reconstitution in health of the human family. This is the great gift we are also celebrating today when we celebrate the apostles. They're not just 12 individuals, and they all come with their needs. And Philip has a hard time understanding Jesus, and he asks questions. So he exposes his needs. I don't understand this Jesus. But thanks be to God, he said it. Because then we have this beautiful explanation about the Trinity. And his question provided the occasion. Our pains, our needs, our brokenness, if we bring them before God and say, help us. And this becomes a gift for all of us. Through the brokenness and weakness of the apostles and the first disciples, Jesus poured out so much for the salvation of humanity. He gave us the whole gift to them. The whole gift of the church, and later the church would give us the New Testament. All of these disciples contributed and the church endorsed that story, that account of salvation which was given to us. So we received everything by the laying on of hands of the apostles. And they chose somebody to replace Judas and they went out and they anointed and ordained and appointed the leadership of the church. And today we continue in that succession of leadership, the apostolic succession. The church is described as one holy, catholic and apostolic, built on the apostles is the first meaning of that word. So there we have a few great pointers for today. And we live in a time today when humanity is very broken in many ways, fractured in many ways, not just the wars, but that's very tough. In many ways, our societies are broken, our families are broken, our marriages are broken. Generations are alienated. Peoples are alienated. 
So we have come before God and said, Lord, look at us. Renew the unity of the church, the unity of all the Christians, the unity of those who believe in the creator, the unity of the human family. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook. Thank you.